Amen. You all may be seated. All right. Not opening to the book of John anymore, but open up to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is in the Old Testament for a long time, about a year and a half, we were in the book of John. And so now we're going to be diving into a new book, and um, I'm timid, because <laughs> Isaiah is a tough book, all right? I, Isaiah is, is a little bit, it's weird to say, a little bit harder, a little bit deeper than John, all right? Um, and and, and it, it's going to be a challenging book. So... Um, we're going to start kind of the study today. Today is more, it's going to be an overview. It's, it's just a, I want, to, I want to introduce you to Isaiah, all right? Um, Isaiah, it, it's got 66 chapters in it, all right? Now, as we progress through the book of John, or the, see, I'm still in the book of John in my head. As we progress through the book of Isaiah, I may approach it differently than I did with the book of John. When I started the book of John, I said, open it up to John chapter one, and we went pretty much chapter by chapter, verse by verse through the book of John. That may not happen with Isaiah, all right? Um, as I progress through, there are certain things in the book of Isaiah that was truly specific for Israel, all right, or specific for another nation, specifically for them. Now, what I'm going to probably end up doing quite a bit with the book of Isaiah is what I did with the book of John a few times, was there were things in the book of John that was specific for that time. But do you remember what I would always say? What are the spiritual parallels in this? Okay. Even though like with John, Jesus was specifically saying something to, you know, like, like you know, whoever, but it... it it didn't have direct application to us, but there was still application for us. That's kind of how I'm going to approach the book of John or the book of Isaiah. It's going to take me about a month to get out of the book of John. All right. And, and, and as we go through the book of Isaiah, we're going to see things and some of them will be specifically for Israel, but I believe there are spiritual parallels for it for us. And so we're going to try to find the, the nuggets and pull them out. So it may not be a chapter by chapter, verse by verse. It may be, hey, we're going to do this chapter and only part verses. Because a lot of times Isaiah keeps repeating himself about certain subjects. He just keeps hammering home, especially the subject of sin. He just keeps hammering that bad boy home. And so today what I want to do is... is give an intro to Isaiah. I, I want to say, what, what is the book of Isaiah about? Because um, I'm going to predict that there may be some of you who have never read Isaiah, all right? The only time you've heard Isaiah is when, like, in the New Testament, like even as Paula quoted this morning, okay, you heard Hey, Isaiah says, but you've never read the book of Isaiah. So you're probably not familiar with what is in the book of Isaiah. So I did not want to just get up here today and give you a 30 second. Hey, here's who Isaiah was. Here's when it was written. Let's dive into chapter one and kind of 
I want to give you an idea of what the book of Isaiah is about. So my message today is not going to be a typical. I'm not just diving in chapter one and let's kick this thing off. All right. I'm going to give you just, hey, here's what the book of Isaiah is about and what to expect. All right. And so um, even the length of this message is going to be different. It's going to be short. Okay. I thought somebody would say, amen on that one. So I even told Adam, I'm like, I'll probably be done by 11 o'clock, all right? So probably 20 or 30 minutes on this thing, could be even less, because, because I just want to give you a, a, a quick picture of what Isaiah is going to be like, and then we're diving into this thing next week. So I want to show you five things about the book of Isaiah, and here's the first thing that we're going to see about the book of Isaiah, and it's this. Isaiah is a book of prophecy. It is a book of prophecy. Now, you could almost say that the Old Testament is actually broken up into two sections. Genesis to Isaiah, Isaiah to Malachi. Because once you get to Isaiah, from Isaiah to the book of Malachi, these are known as the book of prophets. All right? And and even in all all of these books, from Isaiah to Malachi... There's, there's 16 books of prophets, all right? And those are even broken up into four and into 12. And Isaiah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel are considered major prophets. Malachi, or I mean, um, Hosea to Malachi are considered minor prophets. Now, who would like to dive into a pop quiz? No, not you. You already know the answer. Anybody? Okay. Alex, why are they called major prophets and minor prophets? Don't feel embarrassed because I did not know that I did not know this until I studied this this week. I would say they're bigger books and smaller books. That's what I thought too. That's exactly it. They're just longer. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel are just longer in length. That's all it is. So they're major prophets. I always thought they must be better guys. Isaiah's better than Hosea. I don't know. But it just simply means that Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and Daniel are longer in length. Would you all agree 66 chapters are a little bit long? Okay? So... If I, so just think about it this way. If I just decided to go chapter by chapter, we're in this for a little over a year, all right? And if I decide to break up a couple chapters into two or three messages, we're in this until Jesus comes back, all right? And so, and Isaiah talks about that, so it, it's in there. And, but but you, have, you have these prophets. Isaiah was one of them. He was a prophet of God. His ministry started somewhere around 750 BC, all right? So quite a few years before Jesus, quite a few years before us. Now, we can kind of see this in Isaiah chapter 1. We see a couple things about Isaiah here in uh, verses 1 and 2. Notice it says, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amoz, which he, was, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, 
Ahaz and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. And he says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. Now, here's one thing that we can see about Isaiah as a prophet of God, and it's this. He saw what God was doing, and he heard what God was saying. All right? Those are two important things. He saw a vision of what the Lord was going to do. All right? And, and God would speak through his prophets this way. He would speak either verbally to them, where they would hear the literal voice of God. All right? And God would say, thus says the Lord, and they, and boom. So God would give them a vision of what would be happening or what would become, or he would speak directly to them. And so they saw what the Lord was going to do, and they heard what the Lord was going to do. Isaiah, this was him. He's seeing what, what the Lord wants to do. He's hearing what the Lord has to say. And notice the length of his, his ministry. He, was during, he, he ministered during four kings, okay? The length of his ministry is considered to be about 60 years, all right? His four kings would be, kind of for us modern day, would be Billy Graham. Billy Graham ministered, his ministry was about 60 years, during 10 to 12 presidents, all right? That's Isaiah. Four kings. And, and, and during those kings, it was when he would go and deliver his message to these kings, Think about that for a moment. Billy Graham would go to presidents and talk to them about Christ. Isaiah, part of his prophecy as a prophet, was to go to these kings and tell them, here's what God has to say. And how many of you know sometimes that message wasn't um, tickle my fancy kind of messages? All right. Isaiah was, giving the, was given the job by God to sometimes speak very direct messages to these kings. And sometimes it was hard to hear. And so Isaiah is this prophet that he, he's speaking to these four kings. And history believes that um, his ministry came to an end um, sometime between 687 and 642 B.C., during the reign of King Manasseh. King Manasseh was a very wicked king. One of those kings that like, listen, Jack, you're not telling me nothing. And I don't care who you're hearing from. I don't care who's telling you what. I'm the king. And, and you keep talking to me, I'm going to kill you. And he did. All right. That was the kind of king that Manasseh was. And so this is who Isaiah is. He's, he's seeing what God's going to do, hearing what God has to say. Now, as we progress through the book of Isaiah, what the prophecies, you've got to almost think of like layers, okay? It, you know, I, I kind of think of it like, like a bed. You've got a fitted sheet, you've got a regular sheet, you've got a blanket, they're all on there, but they're separate. And you can layer one back and you still have others. Prophecy is going to be like this, okay? Because there are times where Isaiah is speaking prophetically 
in the now, in his lifetime. He, he's speaking to a king, and he's like, here's what God has showed me, and here's what's going to happen to the nation of Israel. If we don't get our act together, um, we're going to be conquered now, okay? But then his prophecies were also future tense. Some of those prophecies were about Christ, the coming of the Messiah. And that wasn't for how many years? 700. But he saw it. And God told him, this is what's going to take place. So you have prophecies in the immediate. You got prophecies for the future, but he's not done. He's got prophecies for future, future, meaning eternal future. Because at the end of Isaiah, it talks about that Isaiah actually sees the new heaven and new earth. Where's that prophesied at in the, in, in the New Testament? Revelation. Okay. John saw that 700 years after Isaiah saw it. How many of you know God's pretty big on all this? All right. And so he gives, so Isaiah is seeing all of these prophecies and he's layering them and he unfolds them one at a time, but sometimes they intermingle. And it's like, and there are some passages where he's talking about the immediate while talking about the future at the same time, talking about the future, future. And it's all weaving together. And you're like, and if you don't stay with it, you're like, wait a minute, time out. Where did he just go? He just took a left turn when that's the book of Isaiah. The prophecies that he talks about sometimes gets confusing. I am going to try my best through the Spirit of God to deliver the Word of God to the people of God. So you'll understand it. So it is a book of prophecy. Here's the second thing about the book of Isaiah, and it's this. Isaiah is a book of warning and judgment. It is a book of warning and judgment. So again, if you look at verse 1, it says, The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amoz, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. He saw this vision. He, he, he heard the words of God, and it's concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now, you've you, you got to remember your Bible history at this time. Remember that there was a time where Israel was completely whole, all right? It was one nation. But there was a time where God said, I am going to tear it apart. And there will be a southern kingdom and there will be a northern kingdom. And Israel won't be one, but it will be two. And the southern kingdom will be called Judah after the tribe of Judah. And the northern kingdom will be the other 11 tribes, and that will be Israel. And so you had Israel and Judah, all Jewish people, but two nations. And those two nations eventually became ruled by two different kings. And so if you, when you go back to like Chronicles and the book of Kings, you'll see that. You'll see this king reigning in Israel, this king reigning in Judah, and they go back and forth. So his primary ministry was to Judah. Jerusalem, the, the capital, was in Judah. And that's why it says to Judah and Jerusalem. And so it's concerning these, the, 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 the Jewish people. And the thing about prophets was 
their primary ministry um, wasn't uh, to um, make people happy. Not like a lot of preaching today. It, it wasn't just to sit there and tickle the ears of people. Their primary job as a prophet was really to bring warning and judgment. Because what was happening was so many times with the people of Israel, and we're no different. The people of Israel and Judah, Jewish people, God's people, got to a point where in their pride and their arrogance, we don't need God. And what would happen is they would begin to sin and they would rebel against God. They would turn away from God. And so God would send prophets. Okay? It wasn't like God just hurled down a hailstone and killed everybody. He warned them repeatedly. And a prophet, that was their job. And so when you read Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and these other prophets, that's what they keep doing. They keep going back to the people of Israel. They go to the kings of Israel. And they're like, hey, thus says the Lord. Knock it off. You're sinning. You've walked away. You, you're, you're chasing after idols. You're chasing after the, 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 the things of the, other, of the other pagan countries. Knock it off. Return back to me. And God would keep, he'd keep warning them, warning them. And then one of the other things about Isaiah is he's like, yeah, I'm warning you, but here's the thing. If we don't stop, judgment's coming. And the judgment is this. And he would give them an, an, a picture of like one nation, Assyria. And we see this in, in, in Isaiah, where Assyria would come into Judah and ransack it and take people captive. It's prophesied about when Babylon came down with King Nebuchadnezzar and destroyed it. These happened because the people kept rejecting the prophets. They kept rejecting the word of God. They kept thinking, I don't need to hear. Tell me, does that sound like us today? We don't want to listen to the word of God. We, don't, we, we, we get puffed up in, in our pride, in our own arrogance. And the Bible is, is the same thing. It's still a warning. Now, We see that the primary ministry is going to be to Judah and Jerusalem. But as we progress through Isaiah, what we're also going to see are judgments against other nations. Okay? That, that it's weird to think that God uses a, a, a nation to judge Israel, but then will judge that nation. It, 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 it just is. And so he will judge, so he warns and judges Jerusalem and Judah and the, the Jewish people. He will judge other nations because, and this is where, guys, are any of us in this room God? Are any of us even close to being God? No. So God is God, isn't he? And the Bible makes it very clear. And you and I can get our... We can get our backsides all up and water. Well, I just don't agree with this. The Bible makes it very clear that God is free to do what he wants to do. 
Are we okay with that? Because a lot of people aren't. There's a lot of people who think, well, wait till I stand before God. I do not want to be by that person. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's nobody going to be standing up to God going, how dare and point their finger. They won't. Because God is still God. And whether we like it or not, God has the right to bring judgment if he so chooses. And as we progress through Isaiah, we're going to see that. Okay? And we need to understand that judgment just wasn't for in, in his day, but there will be an eternal judgment that will also take place. That people who reject Christ, reject the word of God, reject God, don't want anything to do with him, that there will be an eternal judgment that will take place. It's hard to hear. That truth is hard. To, that's, a, that's a hard pill to swallow. But God is God, and we are not. And God is free to do what he wants to do, and Isaiah shows that. So Isaiah is a book of warning and judgment. But here's the third thing, and this is the good thing. Isaiah is a book of salvation. If Isaiah was just a book of, of the wrath of God, the, the warnings of God, the judgment of God, that would be a hard book to go through, okay? Because how many of you know hearing that week after week would be heavy, okay? But here's the thing. Isaiah reveals that God is a God who judges, and Isaiah is a book that is going to show warnings and judgment a lot. But it's also going to show us this, that God also says, I, he warns us because he loves us. And he keeps warning us. But also he provides a way of salvation. That's what Isaiah is so great about is because God sees his people messed up like a major soup sandwich. And he's like, man, these people, they, they, they just think they're just too sexy for their own shirts. Well, guess what? They're not. And I got to judge them, but they're go I'm going to provide a savior for them. And that's where Jesus comes into play. Here's what's, now here's the thing. As we, if, if we were in Isaiah's time and a lot of the things that Isaiah says in his time, when he would have said it about the savior coming, when he would have said, hey, for unto us a child is born, they would be like, where's this child at? So he's predicting things that's going to take place 700 years in the future. They would have been like, well, what, when's this taking place? Where's our Savior? You know, we, we, we've just been ransacked by a nation. When are we going to be saved? In their minds, they're wanting to know when. But we look back at these, we look backwards, and we see the fulfillment of prophecy. Here's what's really cool about the book of Isaiah when it comes to being a book of salvation. Isaiah truly gives us the most complete, comprehensive look of who Jesus is more than any other Old Testament book. There is more about the prophecy of Jesus in the book of Isaiah than any other book. All right. I mean, we've already kind of heard, we've already heard some of it this morning. In Isaiah chapter 7, it talks about the virgin birth of Jesus and his, his birth, okay? It, it, it gives us the birth of Christ in Isaiah chapter 7, even though it doesn't say Jesus, okay? In fact, Paul, she wanted to know, is there, hey, is, is Jesus' name mentioned in the Old Testament? No, it's not, okay? 
We know that Emmanuel is God with us, but that's about all we see. And, the, and those people got to see and hear. In Isaiah chapter 40, it's the announcement of Jesus' coming in his ministry. In Isaiah chapter 61, it is the proclamation that Jesus gives of his good news. In Isaiah chapters 52 and 53, it is about his sacrificial death. In Isaiah chapter 60, it is about the return, the, the claim that Jesus makes for his people. I mean, there is so much prophetic um, uh, announcements of the Savior coming to save his people, but not just his people, but who else? Everybody else. The Gentiles along with the Jews. And you and I, are, unless you're Jewish, you are a Gentile. But Jesus came to save you also. Now, here's what's, fun, here's what's amazing is that critics believe that the book of Isaiah, a lot of it was when it was written, they believe that a lot of things about Jesus was put in it to just say, oh, Jesus was the guy. But here's, here's where God is so good sometimes. People have these, so critics criticize that, that things were put into the Bible to make it say Jesus is this, who this is. Well, here's the thing. In the 1940s, um, over in, in the desert in the Middle East, um, some kid was throwing rocks into a cave. And then one rock he heard, and he went in there and found all these containers, um, pottery containers, and he broke one. So he went and, and, and apparently he found his dad or somebody, but they went in there and found all of these pottery containers. Now they get people who are like, oh, let's get some archaeologists in there. They get into these archaeology, into these containers and start pulling out these ancient scrolls. Do you know what they're called? Dead Sea Scrolls. And they start going through them and they start reading them. And they can't believe how old these things are. And they start finding Old Testament books in these. And they find one book that is particularly interest of everybody. The book of Isaiah. Because like I said, the critics said the book of Isaiah had things added to it. They read through the scroll. And when they dated it. It predated any Old Testament manuscript of Isaiah that is available today by a thousand years. And do you want to know how many mistakes were found in it? Seven. And that was in Isaiah chapter 53. And those seven mistakes didn't change anything of the text. Now, all of a sudden, people are like, oh, wow. If those are predated a thousand years before, that means it couldn't have been added because it said the exact same thing that the scrolls that we have said. You see, God sometimes just has to go, I just got to prove that what I said was right. So the book of Isaiah is a, is a complete document of absolute truth. And it tells us that it is a book of salvation. And there is a savior and his name is Jesus. And they were looking forward to that. And we look back to that. But this is where prophecy is so good. The Old Testament people were looking forward to their 
to their Messiah. We look back to our Savior being born. But just like they were looking forward, we also look forward. Not for the return, the coming of our first Messiah, but the second coming of our Savior. See, that's what you, you see the layering? Isaiah is like that. And so it is a book of judgment, but it is a book of salvation. And here's the fourth thing about the book of Isaiah, and it's going to be, it's a book of theology. All right, it's a book of theology. It has doctrines in this book all the way through it. And some of the doctrines that we are going to see, some of the theological terminology, if you want to think of it that way, that we're going to run into is one is this, the sovereignty of God. All right, so many times in the book of Isaiah, and, and the reason why I'm, I'm, I wanted to do this study is probably a year ago, last year sometime, I was reading through the book of Isaiah myself, and something I kept seeing was Isaiah keeps saying these words, the sovereign Lord, the sovereign Lord. I mean, not just once or twice, but repeatedly, the sovereign Lord, okay? And, and when you put those two words together, sovereign Lord, um, it just proves, he's just saying, um, God is in control because he's, he's the Lord, meaning he's in charge of everything, and he's sovereign, that he, he, he's doing what he wants, all right? And so, again, that's going to be a, a theological doctrine that you are going to have to wrestle with. We all have to wrestle with, is, is Christ, okay? For, the, for these people, it was, it was Jehovah God. We also have Christ in the picture. And can, we, can you come to the place where you can resolve it? He is sovereign Lord in my life. Now, why is that a bit? Why is that a big? Oh, yeah, he's sovereign Lord. Is he? Is he sovereign over your health? Sovereign over your finances? Is he sovereign over your job? Is he sovereign over the relationships in your life? Is he sovereign over your life? If God were to say, give me back my breath, are you okay with the sovereignty? You see, the sovereignty of God is a hard topic for people to grapple with. Because the reality is, and J.I. Packer talks about this, we want God to come down to our level. We want to make God into our image. Because that's an, that's an easy God to handle. As long as I can control God, I'm okay. But the moment God decides to act like God... That's when people get their, their feathers ruffled. And that's when people get angry at God. That's when Christians walk away from God. Because they think, if that's the way God is, I want no part of it. So you're going to have to really wrestle through this. Do I let him be the sovereign Lord? So we're going to see the sovereignty of God. We're going to see the sinfulness of man. Isaiah, unlike other prophets, when they begin their book, they give an intro in chapter one. All right, we kind of see this even with Paul and the New Testament writers. They give an intro. Hey, here's who I am. Here's why I'm writing, not Isaiah. And we're just going to jump into the deep end of the pool next week. Is that okay? 
Be ready, okay? We're, dumping, we're jumping into the sinfulness of man next week, chapter one. So if you want to read chapter one, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, that's going to be fun to hear. Isaiah doesn't mess around. He's just like, I'm just going to just jump in and just, he's just like, you all are sinners. Knock it off. That's where we're going next week. So um, for the three people that will show up, thank you. I will welcome you. But Isaiah hits the sinfulness of man a lot. All right? We're also going to see the, and I've already said this, the inevitability. In, in, it's going to happen. Judgment. I, hate it when I'm, I can type a word all day long, but man, I don't sound it out. When I got. Judgment's coming. But then again, the sweetness of coming redemption. Our sinfulness brings redemption. We're also going to see end time stuff in the book of, in the, in the book of Isaiah. And we're going to see eternalness in the book of Isaiah. You see, these are doctrines that, that are going to come out of the book of Isaiah. And some of them are very hard, but man, some of them are sweet. It's going to be a bittersweet study. And so if you can handle the bitterness, you'll enjoy the sweetness. And then lastly, the book of Isaiah, it's going to be a book that will challenge and strengthen you. It will be a book that will challenge and strengthen you. You remember back a few years ago when I went through the book of James and I was roofing my garage and when I was up there on that hot, those hot August days and ripping that roof off and remember I, I, I started the book, about, book of James and I was like, I compared it to like roofing and I said one of the things that James was like roofing is it's hard. Because there's a lot of things that James says that is just hard to hear. Um, ditto. Isaiah is the exact same way. There will be things that we will hear that is hard to hear. And it's going to challenge you. It is going to convict you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be sometimes like I'm, I'm, I'm just taking the hammer and hitting your toes. All right? It, it's going to feel like that... that, that why is Jim just talking to me today? All right, because the reality is, um, when it comes to the sinfulness, our sinfulness, um, Isaiah is all about the holiness of God's people, and a lot of times we want to pretend that sin is not a big deal, but we view sin from our point of view. God sees sin from His point of view, and when God sees sin, it's a major deal. That's why He sends gave us his, his word so we can understand the depth of sin. So it's going to challenge you. It's, it's going to hit hard. But here's the other thing that Isaiah is going to show us is this. As we progress through this book, it will also strengthen you. The book of Isaiah is not, not just about tearing you down. It's not about just beating you up, all right? It's not like we're in the ring with Mike Tyson just to get beat round after round after round, okay? The book of Isaiah, there are going to be, I mean, literally like, I want to say 40 to 48, almost eight chapters long, and here's the hammer that he's going to keep beating. God is awesome. God is awesome. 
God is awesome. God is mighty. God is strong. God is, and the idea is, is that we will see that God is awesome. And no matter what I'm going through, he is mighty God. He's just not the sovereign Lord. He is mighty Lord. And, and, and Isaiah is going to keep pounding that nail. And the idea is, is that when you get to those chapters, that you can look at life and go, you know what? God's on my side. And, and, I, and, and I know he's sovereign. I know he's got my back. I know he's, my life is in his hands. And as long as I trust him, I can get through this thing. The storm is raging, but man, God is good. And I know he's sovereign over my life. And I know he's going to take care of me. And when we see those chapters, see, that's where Romans 10, chapter, uh, chapter 10, and verse 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. And so when we hear those things, when that's going in, hopefully your heart is being strengthened and your faith is going to be built. It's going to challenge you, but hopefully it'll strengthen you. So let me simply close with this. Isaiah was a man who saw what the Lord was going to do. And he heard what the Lord had to say. In fact, when, it, when he begins to say this, you notice it says, Hear, O heavens, give ear, O earth. The NIV says, listen, O earth. When it says hear and listen, the idea is hear and heed. Don't just listen. It's like he's going to these kings or to the people. He's like, just don't listen. Hear what I'm saying. Just don't let it go in one ear and out the other. Listen to what I'm saying. Take heed to what I'm saying. Let it change you. Let it, let it do something in you. So let us, through the book of Isaiah, as we study through this, as we walk through this thing, let us be a people that sees what God is doing and hears what God is saying. But we just don't hear and then go home. But we hear and we heed. We hear with our ears and let it change our hearts. Let us be a people. Let us be a church in 2024. I said this last year when we were going through our ordeal at the end of 2022 going into 2023. I said, let us be. Remember that, that series? Let us be. Here we are, another year. Let us be. A people that sees what God's doing and hears what he has to say. All good with that? Ready for Isaiah? Come back next week and see where this thing goes. Amen? Let's, let me close in a word of prayer. Father, we are grateful that you are good. And you're good not because you give us things. God, you're good because you love us and you've given us Christ. And Father, I pray that as we begin this study in the book of Isaiah, Lord, I know it's going to challenge us and there's going to be very hard times and topics. But Lord, it's also going to be a time where it strengthens us. So Father, we just pray that you will bless this study and let it just bring glory to Christ. And let us be, Lord, a people that is seeing what you're doing and hearing what you're saying. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.